Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of Deadwood Interviews. This is Deadwood Interviews After Dark, where we get a little romantic, and we add a few new things to the podcast that weren't available before. It's new and improved. Today, my guest, romance author DK Marie, and I will be playing a game called Innuendo, where we'll call each other out for... uh, Anything we can conceive as sexual in each other's words. We're going to be playing for a charity. Uh, my charity is Canine for Warriors. Uh, DK, your charity is going to be? First book. First book. And <laughs> that was the most exciting. Why don't you say hello to everybody? <laughs> we should start with the other thing that we're adding to the podcast that wasn't a part of the others. Alcohol. Can you crawl out of your glass long enough to say something? It's like I was taking a sip right then. Just, did, you, did you pick worse timing? <laughs> so everybody, this is DK Marie. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third time we're trying to do this because DK and technology are not friends. Oh, yeah. Just blame it all on me. I'm blaming it on you and Apple products because that seems to be the combination that keeps crashing everything yeah i can't i can't deny that there you go it seems to be something with this let's start with your book series the first book of the series is releasing june 3rd it is opposites attract uh that's the name of the series right yes see i'm getting there and fairy tale lies is the first book and that's the one that is releasing june 3rd four whiskeys in and i can still speak i actually think i'm better you know what third time around you are you you got the name right the series (laughs) yeah i'm actually just talking quicker so in case it crashes again (laughs) there's something at least we got the name of the book out okay can we just call that a win yeah there was some embarrassing stuttering in the last one so we're just going to ignore that (laughs) completely i'm beginning to suspect that maybe that wasn't my computer that you might have sabotaged it look this i spilled something and whatever i'm just gonna blame you you're used to it (laughs) all right so fairy tale lies the first book in the series this is also your first uh, novel in general. This isn't just the series. This is the first ever. A whole world of firsts for you happening right now. Yep. Is this what you thought it was going to be? When I say this, I mean the whole publishing process because a lot of people, when they start querying and, and if they're lucky enough to get picked up by a rep or a publisher, they go down the rabbit hole and it's a lot of stuff they never were told about. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good thing I didn't know everything. Just not to say I'm I don't like it. It's just it, it's a lot more difficult, um, a lot more stressful. Now, what's stressful is it dealing with the editors that you weren't expecting that type of um, involvement on their end, or finding a, a publisher and an an agent went smoother than I expected. I just didn't. I, I think I got going a point. in, I got a point. You said smoother <sighs> than you expected. Go on. Damn it. Well, it went smoother than you expected. But I also wanted to bring that up because that's going to annoy a lot of people. And since I like people coming on my side and not liking you, I'm going to bring that up. Is that you've only been writing. Coming on my side. That's a ah. point for me. All right. I, what I want you to do, because you accuse me of cheating, you're going to have to keep track too. So right now it's oh. one Right now it's one and one. I, I'm keeping track. Right. Oh, yeah. I learned from the first time. <laughs> you learned that I'm a dirty, dirty cheat. Yes. <laughs> That's a good thing to learn quick. <laughs> You've been writing nonfiction for uh, many years, but your foray going into fiction and romance only was how many years ago? About three. So three years, um, DK Marie tips her toe into the pond of fiction writing. Three years later, she has a four-book publishing deal. I, I, I worked my ass off to keep fixing and fixing this book, but I don't want to say that because other people would say I worked my ass off too. So it's a little bit of everything. It's knowing the genre right away that I wanted to write. I wasn't, you know, a lot of people struggle. What am I going to write? Where where do I fall? I didn't have that problem. I knew exactly what I wanted to write. And when I go to go, oh, I can't say that. That'll give you a point. (laughs) (sighs) So when you say, when you say you knew exactly what you wanted to write and you knew the genre that you wanted to write, it's not so much that you wanted to write books like the genre that you love to read it's that you saw a chance to do something different would that be a fair assessment yes i mean i read all across all genres but this was the one i liked the most i figured i'd have to write the one that i enjoy reading the most but because i read so much of it i also knew what i wanted to write different 
and read enough to know what's popular right okay, now. Okay, so I'm not a person who reads romance. You know, I know you find that mm-hmm. hard to believe that old Hanson Oak. Oh yes, that's so difficult to believe. Isn't yes, isn't yes. laid out on a bearskin rug with a rose between his teeth for my lady, right? Okay, I definitely know you don't read romance. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not still a thing. Is that is that out of style? Yeah, I think Do I in to... the last two hundred years that might have gone out of style. Well, I mean, I live differently. I'm <laughs> I'm in the woods. We work with what we have. <laughs> so you've you've read uh, all the books, the popular things. You've picked up on what was uh, current running theme through the popular books. And... Yeah, probably what helped me is that is I read all across genres, including and in, within romance. You have your contemporary romance, your paranormal romance, your erotic, historical. I've read it all, so I think it helps to know when you read it all which ones you like and what works within that genre that you choose. Where did you turn away from what you knew was popular? Well, the the big theme right now in contemporary romance or all across is the bossy alpha male. Is that like your? Fifty Shades of Grey type of thing. Yes. So is it is it the bossy alpha male mixed with the S and M stuff, or is that just that's Fifty Shades of Grey? Well, the Fifty Shades of Grey is with S and M stuff, but the right. bossy male is very popular across all, even if it's a sweet romance. And then you, it, and usually a lot of them will be in the position of power, and the woman comes in and she's either younger, l- less uh, money, less affluent. Um, and that's where a lot of their power struggle comes in at. So when you saw the alpha male thing, you read that stuff, was that something you didn't like or you just had enough of it? I've had enough of it. And it, and, and it didn't bother me so much if the woman could, was as strong as him. So it doesn't bother mm-hmm. me if they're, if they're bossy, if, if that's their power struggle because she's just as strong. But um, I didn't necessarily care for it where it was uneven and that was their basic power struggle is that she always leaned to him more like he was... A father figure versus a relationship type or he was so much better because he had more money he had more power and somehow that made her less so in your book you you turn the tables on that you put you don't have a main character in your book you have two main characters two main characters they share the role yeah and i'm hoping it'll go into other genres because it's one of the things that i like about romance is the person's point of view you have you know the multiple it now that I think about it, in horror, they have multiple point of views. I guess old-style romances didn't do that. It was only told in the woman's point of view. So then I guess it left the mystery was going on in the guy's head, where that's changed probably in the last 10 years. So in your in your book, the, the status and, and the money is in the woman's court, and then the guy is more of a blue-collar kind of guy who catches her eye. Yes, but that isn't their main power struggle. He doesn't feel like he's any less because she comes from a wealthy family, a more powerful family. The power struggle comes from their different backgrounds and what they perceive the other person wants out of their life, Mm -hmm. where his fear is not necessarily that he thinks he's less than her, but that she'll be unhappy with somebody who doesn't come from the same background, who can't offer her what she's used to. Mm -hmm. So it's insecurity on his part. Yeah, where he's fine with his background. He just doesn't know if it'll ever be enough for her. She doesn't care where he comes from, but his her family does care. And living under their rule for so long, she has a hard time. Her struggle is learning to stand on her own two feet and decide what she wants, not what her family wants. Is there such thing as romance? That's the first question. Then the second question, this is a dual question. I'm coming at you two ways. Oh, man. Oh, I'm just oh, going to oh, give it oh, to you. I'm just going to give it yep. to you. Shit. <laughs> All right. So there's two questions. One is romance an actual thing in the world and two is romance romanticized meaning like okay one yeah i got it is romance real yeah it's real but it's probably not bearskin rug and rose between the teeth hey, they each not. their own they each their own what about it wait <laughs> well, okay well, all right now picture this let me add a little bit more to the scene all right i'm breaking out my paintbrush here bearskin rug rose in the teeth fire in the background in a fireplace the house isn't on fire <laughs> and I have a puppy. Now, is that doing anything for you? Are you getting worked up? No. Shit. Mm-mm. Damn it. Because see, that's the problem. What? Is is this is romantic gestures, oh. which I'm not a big fan of romantic gestures. I don't need them, nor do I have any desire to give them. Those are just gestures. Mm-hmm. The romance and the romance in a book, it's at a deeper level. It's a, it's an optimism that sometimes we search for because it's not always available at the moment for that person mm-hmm. or um, 
the optimism is a nice feeling along with the the thrill of watching this couple see if they're going to make it how they uh get to know each other and all that this is different than romantic notions is it really a question of are they going to get together because isn't it expected that they're going to get together but it's the trip ups and pitfalls and stuff along the way that keep them interested it's not really a question of happily ever after right i mean that thing that's why people read the books yeah it's sort of like a puzzle like you you have the puzzle sitting in front of you and you know it's going to be completed but when you're staring at the puzzle pieces you're like how in the hell is this going to ever come together Ah, me come together oh god damn it all right let me all right now back up. Let's go back to old Hanson Oak in the cabin. We're in a cabin, by the way, with me. And it's not on fire. And it's not on fire. It's a fireplace <laughs> behind me. And it's a nice rolling fire, right? Now, let's just say, because you, you don't like the notion. So maybe maybe I'm not doing it for you. Maybe you come in from a storm, right? Ooh, it's howling out there. It's wintertime. It's chilly. <laughs> you pull in your coat clothes and you come across this cabin set back in the woods somewhere. And you knock on the door, but nobody answers. So you figure nobody's home. So DK opens the door and walks inside. And what does she see? Oh, it's old Hanson Oak. And he's just having an evening for himself with some candles and a bearskin rug. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so that didn't, that didn't even do anything for me. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to get back to it. I'm going to figure out how that scene's going to work. Because tomorrow's Mother's Day, and my wife, <laughs> I haven't been shopping, but I have a bearskin rug, and I have a, a rose <laughs> that I could bite into. All right, so let's... Oh, my God, that poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first one to utter that. <laughs> you won't be the last. All right, anyway, this is what I find interesting, too. Knowing you personally... Uh-huh. You're a little bit more, how do I say it, pessimistic than you than you might think a romance writer would be. And not with relationships and stuff, but I think your your view of relationships is, is a lot more grounded and realistic than I think a romance novel would be. And I understand romance is an escape. I find mm-hmm. it interesting to juxtapose your personality to the fact that you write hopeful romance. Well, it's probably the same reason that you can write horror, because if you can separate it and look at it analytically, and what you find pleasing about horror is the same thing that I can do when I look what I find pleasing about romance. And if you're pessimistic, this this for me is why I get a joy out of writing romance, because um, I'm pessimistic in the real world. You sure when are. I write and my hateful. stories. And hateful. Let's not forget that. Only towards you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that real love in a relationship starts when you meet or even within the first year because i think that's you know you're in your lustful phase and stuff like that i think Mm -hmm. real love happens after you and the person that you're with are in this shit together for years oh it's a different kind of love. no but i think that's what love is that's real love i think it's all love it just switches and changes throughout the years you think so it ebbs and flows i don't know if there's the fluctuation i think the baseline of love is experience right experience with life because when you get married you're on a team together right Mm -hmm. and you're going through life and you're saying to that person no matter what happens i got your back yeah but then stuff happens right and then you're tested to really see if you have each other's exactly and then after those tests whether it's health scares or you have kids and that's a tornado it's after that experience and you realize that that person is there for you and you are there for them well i guess too because when you go in and you say a romance book i think the problem is is that people have a lot of this uh, idea that a romance book is romantic notions when it's actually more of what you're talking about just on a hyped up scale because obviously you you can make like like say in my book it's a year passes from beginning to end when they first meet their ups and downs and I've read other books where it's a continuation and people you see it from when they meet until when they die it just is it's like a horror you you can't have it last for years and years because you have to keep conflict and you have to keep it interesting but a romance story isn't filled with romantic notions it's filled with constant conflict and that's where it comes in how in the hell are they going to have their happily ever after because you keep dumping stuff i agree but at the end of horror for the most part most of your characters are going to be dead because that's just horror but your good will still conquer over your evil not always 90 percent of the time 90 percent because people still want to walk away feeling hopeful see but i don't they want the crap 
crap scared. I, how many Stephen Kings did you not? Well, I don't. Did you read Stephen King? I've read. You said you didn't read a lot of. I horror. haven't read a, a lot of horror. I've read Stephen King, and I've read horror that goes both ways. I've read horror that leaves you feeling hopeful and mm-hmm. uplifting you towards the end of the story. And I've read horror that just leaves you on the side of the road to die. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. give you anything that you want. I almost prefer it to go so bad that the character, even if they survive it at the end, nobody wins. See, I hate those because that's real life. Yeah. When I read a fiction, I want a little bit of hope. Yeah, I, I mean, I see it. I just think the story ends the way that it should end. And sometimes the story has to end Badly. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, you can't just, I, I feel cheated if it's wrapped up in a pretty bow and it didn't, and it shouldn't, mm-hmm. it didn't follow that way. Or if it's all of a sudden at the end, it's all wrapped up and it, and it just logically couldn't happen that way. Yeah, I'd rather have an unhappy ending. But I got to say, if I read three books by that author and I always ended up unhappy, I probably wouldn't read a fourth. <laughs> Let's jump into some Twitter questions. And I'm actually kind of glad that we had to redo this podcast because I feel like we missed some because they came in late. Oh, point. Came in late. Damn it. <laughs> really racking it up over here. What do we got? I got two to four. What are you at? Uh, five. Two to five. Anyway, so let's get into some questions. Some of these we actually missed last time because they came in too late. They actually were coming in. Don't stop it. No, don't keep putting points up. I have to be able to speak. <laughs> so the questions were asked past the time in which we were accepting them because we were in the middle of actually recording the podcast that failed there i was pretty clean i'm pretty proud of myself for coming up with that one all right proud of your stuff i said proud of myself not proud of my stuff okay all right so Let's do, take our question from uh, Devine LG, at Devine LG, who is a lovely person. I call her Sunshine because she is always positive and upbeat. Always. Mm-hmm. About always. everything. And first thing in the morning, if I'm in a bad mood and she shows up in our private chat group, I'm leaving. I'm honest with you. I don't <laughs> want to see her face. It annoys me. I need a lot of coffee. And I need to be holding a lollipop in one hand and a puppy in the other hand to deal with the positivity that pours out of her fingertips. Hey, how's everybody doing? I lost a leg. That's okay. You only have to buy one shoe now. All right, great. Like, <laughs> whatever. I'm not saving money. They sell them in pairs. You know, well, but that's okay because you could give one away to another. I don't, whatever. All right. So she asked a question. <laughs> she asked, what is your favorite type of relationship to write about? And do you think the best part, what do you think the best part of a relationship is? Uh, the best, I like when, I like writing the part in the relationship when they first meet. And the the back and forth, the banter. I like the beginning. I like the heat. I like the the how they're unsure about each other. And my favorite part to write is banter. I like dialogue. All right, let's go. Let's find another question. I feel like, uh, oh, so I just scrolled by the witch who um, wants you to know that you belong to her and she wants everybody else to know that. <laughs> can I can I tell okay. you something between me and you? Sure. When you post a picture of yourself on, on our private group and like, you know, hey, this is me, I'm going out or look at my dumb coat or whatever shit you're into. My coat is awesome. It's a paisley nightmare. It is not. Oh, it's it not paisley. So it is not paisley. Oh, Are you colorblind? Uh, what do you mean colorblind? Paisley is a design and a pattern. Hmm. Yeah, is it? Yeah, have another sip, wino. <laughs> and you know, and you know this. Why? <laughs> I'm into fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple questions for you now. Tell me about that date, Hanson. What date? What date are you talking? The about? gay date. <laughs> the gay date. All right. I don't feel like talking about that date. All right. So there I was. It was New York City. Mm-hmm. I was out with some friends. And we went to a uh, club. So I went into the club, and I'm not really a club person. I don't know if you've caught this vibe from me, but I'm not really a I am shocked. Yeah, you know, I don't really like mingling. People? Yeah, well, people, yeah. You know, I don't really like f- the common folk, right? That's why That's why I'm... <laughs> what are you? What? <laughs> you don't like common folk? No, what are you? I'm in my cabin in the woods on a bearskin rug. We have differences. There's a separation between society and civilized company and me. So 
I go out with my friends after some pleading. And this is also in my younger years when I was a little bit more pliable to be able to go out and stuff pliable. like that. I was also, shit. Um, I was also working in film and stuff then where you had to schmooze a little bit more to uh, mm-hmm. get work and, and make contacts and stuff. And that was like the nightmare. I hated that. Anyway, so my friends invite me out after we were editing something and we wind up in this club in the city. And it was more like, you know, bar with dance floor rather than thunk, thunk, thunk club. You like my impression of a mm-hmm. club? I'm sitting at the bar and I'm minding my own business and I'm watching my friends dance. And a guy comes up and he sits next to me. And, you know, we make eye contact and, you know, the common, the man code is you make eye contact with a dude. You suddenly get into this animal kingdom thing where, like, is this guy being aggressive or did we just accidentally make? So to avoid all that, you just give, like, the dude nod. Like, hey, what's up? Uh-huh. So he starts, yeah, I hate these places. I hate coming to these places. My friends direct me out. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, my friends direct me out. You know, my friends are over there. Oh, my friends are over there. Okay, whatever. So just two guys saddled up at the bar, having a couple drinks, talking about how they don't want to be there. Fine, right? I don't see any Mm -hmm. warning signs yet. Do you see any warning signs? Am I missing anything? Does he have his hand on your side? (laughs) Not yet. No, not there. (laughs) I don't think there were any red flags at that point. A few minutes later, he says... Do you come places like this often? So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like... (laughs) Is this your first time? Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking like in that specific bar, which it was my first time that I'd ever been there. Anyway, the night goes on and me and him, we're having good conversation. We're laughing. He buys me a drink. I buy him a drink. (laughs) Right? Things are going good. I feel... (laughs) My friends, my you know, so my friends are coming over. Oh, you know, this is so and so, blah blah blah. We meet his friends now. We're, now it's a a group dynamic that's established. Everything's okay, mm-hmm. no problems. The night ends. We walk outside. Some people are getting cabs. Me and my friends are walking because we're staying at one of my friends' apartments. It's only a few blocks down. So I'm walking away, and I hear Hanson. So I turn around, and he's walking down the block after me. It's just starting to rain. He, oh, it, he, no, that's not, you have to. This sounds like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering because when you started the cabin scenario, there was rain. <laughs> so, so it's just starting to. I think you've played this through no, listen, your head a couple times. Listen. So he gets out from his, his friend's umbrella and he walks through the rain to me and he goes, Hey, you think I could get your number and I can call you sometime? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I'm like, wait a second. I think I've been leading this poor gentleman on all evening. And then it all comes together for me. I, The friends I was out with, the majority of them were gay. We went to a bar of their recommendation in Manhattan. There were an awful lot of men there. Now, <laughs> this fine gentleman is asking me for my number. So I tell him, I'm like, oh, shit, I think you got the wrong idea. I'm straight. And he's like, oh, I kind of thought you were, but then, you know, you bought me a drink. And I'm like, I didn't realize that was the code. code. Like, here's a rum and coke. Let's go blow each. I didn't know. (laughs) I felt bad because I was uh, basically like teasing him all night. And I broke his heart. I broke his heart. He's probably crying still to this day. If he hears this, just know that I'm sorry. And I still think of you from time to time. But I will have you know, too, that that is not the first gay man's heart that I've broken. Here's another fun story for you. I think your gaydar might be a little crooked there, Hanson. You know what it is? I just I just accept people for who they are. I don't like to label people. Or yourself. Or, <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm polyrhythmic, whatever the kids are. So I was on a movie set once and we had a uh, caterer named Blue. Hi, Blue, if you ever hear this. And uh, Blue was a very flamboyant uh, gay gentleman. Blue like the color yeah, blue he, well, or blue was, like blue you? B- <laughs> no. <laughs> that wasn't on the menu, DK. So uh, <laughs> Blue like B-L-U. My producer, Melissa, hello, Melissa, at the time, he went up to her during the shoot and he's like, do you think that there's a chance that maybe I can sway him a little bit? And she's like, no. <laughs> she's, she's like, he is straight as an arrow. It's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. She's like, he, he looked at her like with tears in his eyes and she's like, I, he's like, I always love the boys I can't have. <laughs> 
I don't know, you know, Hanson. I'm beginning to wonder, you know, about the Paisley print. You That's just common you somehow, knowledge. I didn't know it is my freaking coat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have you know, it's the second coat of this Paisley print because the first one was stolen because it was liked so well. Thank you very much. But you know the Paisley was it, or print. Was, and they, or was it your husband in the middle of the night shoving it into the garbage disposal because it was awful <laughs> and he couldn't stand being seen with you in it? No, he likes that coat. Thank you very much. No, some asshole. I went into a store and I set it like on the rack to try on a different coat. And then I came back and they were like, no, we don't know what happened to it. Fuckers hmm. took it home. Maybe Blue took it. <laughs> he thought it was a fabulous Maybe. coat. <laughs> so... Fairy tale lies. No, listen, you didn't finish this when we started with my coat. What? You were saying you were you started with a story and you got derailed. You were saying when I posted the picture of the coat online between you and me, I need to know where this was going. I'll be honest you with peaked. you. You know where that story oh, you is? You forgot. That story you is forgot. that story has drowned in this little <sighs> glass of whiskey that I've been sipping at. Hello, old friend. So, God damn it. I don't know where that story was going, but I have more questions for you. Okay. Now you have this four book series. Obviously, you're mm -hmm. still working on it. You don't have all four books written, do you? No. Okay. How many books are you into it? Uh, I wrote the first draft of the third book, and I have the outline of the fourth. You know, I thought I had a lot of time because when I started out this whole endeavor, you know, that I was said it takes about five years maybe to find an agent longer. And then when I found the agent, she had said that um, most of the time the only pick up the first book of a, a new author but she's like we'll go ahead and query the whole series so I didn't expect that the whole series would get taken when you say that you were querying were you doing a traditional putting the letters out were you doing the my agent was okay but to find your agent were you mm -hmm. querying in the traditional method or were you doing the newfangled twitter thing with like pitch wars and whatever else i did both yeah and i actually got my agent on twitter doing one of the pitch wars see social media is not just you know a giant bag of shit no nope. we met yeah you know and i don't know what that says i don't know what what end that falls on but what, i'll take it yeah whatever right <laughs> so I've met worse people. I'm sure of it. <laughs> you you got your agent through Twitter, and then she started finding a publisher to take up the full series and not just the single book from an unknown, quote unquote, untested author. And you had yeah. a bite. So who who actually has bitten and has uh, signed you on the publisher? Champagne Books Group. And then what happened? Well, then they we had to set up the timeline to see when they wanted each book released and then I turn them in when they're due and I mean when I sent these all out I knew what I wanted out of the series so all of them are formed in my head and when uh she sent out the queries the first two were written and the outlines for the other ones were all done it's just it's nice because it keeps me on a, a time schedule there's no goofing around because books are due I'm reading the arc right now okay so I could send out the arc the advanced reader copies to everybody but i want to make sure it's as clean as possible i'm finding more typos and i'd be comfortable sending out so so i'm reading the arc i'm editing the second and the third book and working on the outline of the fourth do you know where you're going to go after this is this a, a series that you you know book five book six book whatever comes out or do you feel like after book four maybe creatively you're ready to separate well, it depends because when I write the book and I have secondary characters, sometimes this is usually where it stems from is then I want to write their story. Mm -hmm. And I've had people who've read the second story and uh, a couple of the beta readers who have um, asked me to write one of the secondary characters, give him his own story. And then when I hear stuff like that, I start to think about it and start to think about that person's story because that's what happened with the third book, too. So I could. There's enough secondary characters that I could tell their story. But there's another series that I'm thinking about in the back of my head, too, that I might write that one instead. To me, that itch that you're, you're talking about, like that thing in the back of your head, that's always me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if I could write a series because I always want to get to the next story. Well, it's different, too, because you had thought that it was the same people throughout all four stories, where it's different people, so it's different stories. Right. It's just in the same world. Yeah, the same world. They know they know each other, but it's their own stories. And I noticed you brought up your beta readers before. I, a lot of people look for beta readers on Twitter. You always see people asking 
mm-hmm. which I find a little weird because I I pick my beta readers very deliberately from people that I trust. I would never mm-hmm. pick a stranger uh, as a beta reader. Depends on what I'm looking for because I got really lucky with my second book mm-hmm. with a stranger, you know. But I if you're specific with it, like um, like with the second book, there's a lot of music. The people are in music, so I asked. Um, so this person who beta read for me was uh, a musician or worked with musicians and all that, and could really make sure that all that stuff was correct. Mm-hmm. And a shit ton of it wasn't. So it was really helpful. So say with the third book that I finished, I would ask, is there any chefs out there who could read over this and make sure this information is correct? Um, well, that's not really, I mean, in my opinion, that's not beta reading. That's more, um, you're looking for um, a professional uh, to over, look, but did you hear any of that? Did you hear any of that? It was all awful. What? The way that you fell over every single word? Oh, my God. I was a flight of stairs, and I'm at the bottom with my pants off right now. <laughs> I went right down. <laughs> I was standing at the top of the stairs. I'd throw the bearskin rung down for Aww, you. Oh, that's nice. There's no stairs in my cabin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So what I was saying is that in a movie, you bring somebody who is an expert in whatever you're trying to film. So you're doing a police drama, you bring on detectives or whatever to run by the scripts. And then when you're filming, they step in and they'll show the actor, this is how you would handcuff. This is the distance you would keep from them and stuff like that. But you're not asking them for the opinion on the script. I guess it depends on if they wanted to or not. Like, I wouldn't ask somebody who does not like romance to read a romance because I'd be like, I don't like it. It's the same thing if somebody would ask me to read something that wasn't a genre I enjoy. It could be a fabulous book and I'm so I should expect mind. an invitation to beta read anytime soon. Am I getting an art? No. Hurtful. This is this is that hurtful shit you, that I bought up before. I'm doing you a favor. What you want to read it? Exactly. Well, I mean, I'd like the offer. I'm just being pragmatic because like... then you have to be like, um, well, you know, my schedule. No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't you know, do that. Here, let's I'm... let's do a little uh, role play here. You're calling up old Hanson. <laughs> Because you you have this book you need read, you want an opinion on it. You know, Hanson knows his way around a sentence. Wow, this is this is quite a fiction. <laughs> Suspend belief for a minute. You call me and you say, Hanson, I'm in a bind. I need help. And then I say, well, All right, DK, let me put my scotch down here for a second and step outside. What what can old Papa Oak do for you today? And you say, I just finished my second third draft i'm ready for it to go out to some betas get some opinions on this and and i'd really love for you to read it and i'd say no because we've known each other for about a year and you've taken every opportunity to crush my soul and i see an opening right there for a little revenge and i'm taking it I'm walking through that door 10 times. But again, you were foiled. That's why I think that is hilarious that you wanted me to ask for an arc to give you one just so you could say no. And your feelings are hurt because I wasn't going to offer it. I don't like being outsmarted and it happens all the time. (laughs) It's the story of my life. (laughs) I mean, if if, if I gave you like a book to read you would probably try to find some way to kill them off just as if you gave me one of your horror stories i would try to find a way for them to be happy or have sex like it just well, isn't gonna in work my book, the the two main characters um they try to be happy and they do have sex did you describe it <sighs> no not really i'm 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 more probably in the fine. um fade to black world when it comes to sex scenes mm. You know, where there's a good lead mm-hmm. up. I get to like the R rating, but I but I don't go into the uh, NC-17 X world. Do you have to describe their panties? <laughs> you son of a bitch. You know <laughs> damn well <laughs> that the word panties <laughs> makes me walk around with my butt puckered. <laughs> I hate that word. That's one of those things. (laughs) That silence. (laughs) You couldn't even speak for about You know what happened? Like the the biological reaction to when you just said that word. I broke, I just, my eyes open. I just was staring at the wall in a panic and a cold sweat took me over. I was just like, oh. (laughs) I hate the word panties. That's that's something that I, I, look. 
that's a, my cross to bear. I can't take the word panties. I don't know if it's the pronunciation <sighs> of it that bothers me so much. I don't know. Whatever. I don't like the word. You're just going to torment me with it. Fine. <laughs> All right, fine. The whole world knows. I don't like the word panties. Here come the DMs. Hey, you said you are always jealous of all the creepy DMs that we get. Your turn. Let's take another Twitter question here because I feel like we should. Let's see here. Um, okay. uh, you said you liked Rose's question, which was um, if me and you would ever collaborate. Um, no, I don't think we'd ever collaborate. It would be such a fun. It mess. would be. That'd be fun. Like, uh, but how would that even work? I'd keep trying to kill him, and you'd keep trying to get him to have sex. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where it would work. You mix the two. You have. <laughs> and you have like a whole yeah, new genre. Yeah, it's kind of like that um, father-daughter thing that you got wrapped up in a few weeks. Back. Oh God! Yes. Yeah, not like that, because that's just each of their own. No, not even each other. <laughs> just, just stop weird. it. You can't say to each yeah. their own when it's illegal. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ah, let's see. Um, DK, what sparked your writing style? That is from Phoebe Yawson, who, um, if anybody know, doesn't know, I'm going to say it's at power N, as in the um, letter N, dreams. But I didn't want people to think, you know, it's the symbol for n or end or anything it's just an n um phoebe is a very good writer and i'm saying that i said it last time and it was lost and i don't have to repeat it but i'm going to to make a point that i actually do appreciate her work because she always thinks that i'm bullshitting her but i do think her work is very good and very real and very raw and uh, people should check her out she doesn't get enough credit for it but she wants to know I agree. Um, what sparked your particular writing style? Yeah, and I struggled with that one um, last time, too, because it's not like in a, a eureka moment. You know, it's slowly built as I found my footing as a writer. I may have known what I wanted to write, but I didn't, you know, I, it took me a while to find um, my style, my groove, what I wanted. It's a combination of writers that I admire. It's uh, the story I want to tell. Uh, and it's the same thing with wanting to decide to write. It wasn't, well, it was kind of like one day I woke up and I said, you know what, I'm going to try this because that's me. But, you know, I still thought on it for years. It sat in the back of my head. So it's, it's a hard Did the story that you wrote sit in the back of your head or the I should really try like that itch to actually write something out of nonfiction? Was that the in the what was in the back of your head or was it the story that was there? It was the idea of it. I had a friend, a, a friend of mine for years who kept telling me I needed to write, I needed to write, and I didn't think I had it in me to write a whole story from beginning to end. And then just after reading another author um, who had said how she came about deciding to write just to see if she could do it, I wanted to try the same thing. So I tried it and found out that I could, and I wrote, like, sitting down within a couple months or something, I wrote one story from beginning to end, in first person in the female's point of view and found that I could I figured I thought I would stall out halfway through and never be able to see it from beginning to end did you find that that process was a lot harder than you thought it would be even though you were successful or did you think it was find it was easier than you thought it was going to be I thought it was easier than it was going to be because I didn't think I could do it for so many years I didn't think it would be possible so it was, and was that your for own me. insecurity or was that something that was put on you from an exterior source probably my own because, I mean, even when I was in college, I was told that I could write, but I just didn't believe them. So it was just me. Um, let's go to Danielle Grace. At Danny, D-A-N-I, Grace writes. Um, she wants to know what genuinely scares you two, both of us, uh, since you love to get under people's skin. And uh, what are your nightmare scenarios? I think even though you said that that would be one more towards me, I don't think it is. I think, uh, as I said before, I think horror and romance are very closely related as far as emotion. Fear of losing what you love. Yeah, lo or, or despair after you lose what you love and you can't come back from it. Um, that's probably always the hardest thing for me to read. And it's not the simple breakup. I don't know. The biggest fear, the one that hits the hardest, of course, is you know losing what you care about the most. Or um, the worst is if you read anything where, like, a kid is a kid dies or mm -hmm. a kid's hurt that's always the worst because that's a horrible thing to imagine that's worse than monsters and vampires 
Um, now, for me to answer that question, not much scares me. And I'm not saying that as like a macho thing. It's that, and when I have Danielle on, mom, hi, mom. Um, when I have Danielle on, we're sure to discuss it because I don't believe in any of it. You know, it's not that I think it doesn't exist. I'm not going to be that firm on it, but I see no real proof of ghosts or monsters or demons or angels or what have you. I find it fascinating. I find the folklore and mythology and um, everything fascinating in those subjects, but I don't actually believe any of it. Yeah, maybe that's why it doesn't scare me either. But I have to say, like, I read it because I find it fascinating, The all this. But if I met any of it, demons, ghosts, face-to-face, yeah, I'd probably have a heart attack. Well, yeah. Nobody's going to be, like, okay with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> What's up? You wake up and there's this, just this hell beast in the corner of the room. You're like, God damn it. Yeah. Don't piss on the rug again. Yeah, but some people read it and they're afraid, where I can't say that I am. Like, growing up reading Stephen King, there was only maybe two of his books right. that scared me. The rest were just right. fascinating. I agree with you. I think, though, some people, there are people like Danielle who really believe it to their core. They believe certain things. She prob- Maybe she's seen Which stuff is, that we it's haven't. It's very possible. So. Like I said, I'm not, it's not something that I would say absolutely does not exist. I think it could be real, but I'm just not sure. It's enough where I wouldn't be brave enough to tempt it. Go stay the night at a haunted house or something. She says that to me all the time. She says that she uh, like I'll I'll write something, you know, because I'm an idiot and I just write stuff because I'm a moron. And uh, she'll she'll be like, you know, you shouldn't (laughs) tempt that. You know, you shouldn't talk like that because you might get its attention, whether it's like a devil or whatever the case may be. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. He could suck my balls. Oh, you shouldn't do that you know <laughs> <So>. <laughs> which is probably why you can write horror because you can write it and and that's the thing is if it takes a real if it takes a lot to scare you you have to dig really really deep within yourself to to feel anything <laughs> so you can analyze it and you can scare others because you're not scared are you saying yourself. that i'm as dead inside as you are <laughs> yes this I is why so. we get along <laughs> You gotta edit that out later because I—that's not good for a romance. <laughs> You've done a good job of defending romance so far, so I'll give that to you. Yeah. Okay. And so we should clarify when I say uh, Danielle, it's Danielle Acona on uh, Twitter, and uh, her—it's at Acona Danielle, and she has a uh, series coming out soon, or that uh, hopefully she'll be on the podcast in the future, probably next year at some point. But anyway. Mom? That's Are you talking mom. about yeah, mom? mom? You know, you're really whipping my ass with this whole innuendo thing. Whipping even... your ass. That's an innuendo right there. That, that's not even innuendo, but it's like, whip your ass. It's going Either on you're being very careful and calculated, or I'm just terrible at this. I'm going to go with the second. Yeah, I don't blame you. So uh, the next question is from Mel Gutier. Um, I'm sure I pronounced her name wrong because when I see... Because you can barely speak, let besides, alone when there's little asterisks. When, when I see th- that little tick. thing there, my dumb American tongue... <laughs> Swells it up. Just, it hides behind my back teeth. <laughs> so she has a few questions that we'll go through. Let's see. Orange soda or root beer? Root beer. Um, I don't, yeah, I'm going to have to go with root beer on that. See, would either of you ever audition for the main part in a movie? Nobody would want me to audition for a main character in any movie. I've seen you read and... And you said it's horrible. Yeah, no, I've, I'm not backing out on that. It's terrible. It's <laughs> the worst shit I've ever seen. I couldn't close out that window fast enough. Oh my God, if I had a soul, I'd be crying right you, now. It's like just this monotone with the dead eyes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And then <laughs> Ryan, the, the witch, has the nerve to tell you that she wants to, like, I don't know, what she want to rape your hair or something like that? Like, she, <laughs> it's always something with her with, like, doing something to you. No, just my curls. Makes me uncomfortable. Like, I just leave the room. I'm like, whatever happens in here is up to you guys. You're both adults. <laughs> whatever. I just have a feeling you're going to limp out. Like, you're walking in together, but you're limping out. You could you be know, right. She's going to hurt you. Probably. And if you, it's going to be fun. And if you scream, I'm just turning the radio up. Yeah, I know. You do not have my back at all. That's and fine. It's not that. It's just that I know what evil I'm facing if I open the door to go in. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> there's a word for you, Hanson. <laughs> there's a lot of words for me. <laughs> Most aren't complimentary. <laughs> yeah, this one isn't either. Yeah. Uh, so, dark chocolate or... 
the other stuff. Belgium dark chocolate. Now, normally I'd make fun of you for being elitist. <laughs> Hershey's good enough for America and you have to go to Belgium. No. But uh, by where I live when I first moved here, there was a little um, Belgian chocolate shop. It was all handmade chocolates. Mm -hmm. Outrageously expensive, by the way. And I, again, I'm notoriously cheap. It was mind-blowingly Yeah, I heard about the tractor supply jeans. (laughs) $8 for a (laughs) pair of jeans, man. That's a deal. (laughs) (laughs) The Belgian chocolate thing, I get it. I've had it. And what's even better than the handmade little chocolates that they have is he used to make real traditional hot chocolate in the wintertime, which was basically mm-hmm. just melted down chocolate cut with a little bit of milk and cream. Yeah, if you go to Gardelli's, that's how they make oh it too. Oh my god, it was good. It's so oh, good. I, it's, I immediately I got diabetes. Like I took a slip of that <laughs> I stabbed myself with insulin. Coffee or tea? And why? Coffee. Yes, I'm with you, coffee. Because it tastes better? The smell. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're a coffee so snob. Again, this is where we, yeah, this is where we deviate. I go to Dunkin' Donuts and I have like a, a drip coffee maker. You have mm-hmm. the equivalent of a Starbucks. In my yeah. house, yeah. It yeah. grinds every cup. Oh, freshly brewed. Oh. I can't even go to Starbucks because my coffee's down? better. No. It's so good. No, the noise, this is inappropriate. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. See? <laughs> 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 <Tea? laughs> The witch's pants just shot off. (laughs) (laughs) You mean panties. Man, you know how to cut to the core of me. Well, if I came out to Michigan, Mm -hmm. would would we go out to dinner? Definitely. Oh, that's so sweet. I have a feeling you wouldn't pick up my phone call. I mean, no, no, definitely. I'd take you out to dinner. I might dump you in an alley in Detroit, but... Dump me in a what? In an alley. (laughs) Whoa, hang on a second. (laughs) What the fuck are you saying? <laughs> it's called an alleyway, not an alley. not an alley. <laughs> it's an alley. The, what? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is falling apart pretty quick. <laughs> I am definitely throwing you in an alleyway. Oh boy! <laughs> I said way for you. Oh, and then afterwards, I'm gonna go out and drink my pop. Ugh terrible in your panties oh god oh physically oh my it started to come up i almost threw up when i said it it's burning it's no good no it's no good i don't like it and you were the one who said it i did i did it to myself and i feel like i should get a point because you said Uh, it yeah okay fine you you've you've really taken this we've i know you've got i've got two two this is sad you're almost at 10 as far as my count is concerned all right look I think we've tepped and fade enough with uh, trying to do this fucking podcast for the third time. At least if it dies now, we've got yes, enough, Yes, right? and it's guaranteeing me that it's uploaded. Well, anyway, before we go, I want to plug it again because uh, we need DK to make some sales, right? That's what it's all about. Yeah, because my book is awesome. It needs that to be That is true. Fairy Tale Lies, book one in the Opposites Attract series is releasing June 3rd. It is available for pre-order now where all fine books are sold online. I I would love everybody to go and find DK um, after you read the book and tell her how great it is. Even though I am not a romance guy, I have read her work, including her daily prompts on Twitter. They're all fantastic. I recommend you go and follow her and buy everything she puts out there because she has no soul because this is it, folks because Hanson stole this, it. No, it's because you're a ginger. Okay. <laughs> you weren't born with one for me to steal. So that's it. June 3rd, like I said, is the release. Is there anything that I've left out? I don't know. Probably. Even at the end. Just a shot. Just a hurtful <laughs> just a hurtful shot. I hate it. I mean, it is your podcast, so I'm sure there's something messed up. <laughs> yeah, my guests. <laughs> All right. I think that's about enough of this. Uh, Join us next time where my sister will be joining me, Ryan Leslie, a.k.a. The Witch. Oh, that's right. You want to see a dumpster fire of a podcast. I cannot wait. There is is a very real chance. I hope you both make it out alive. There's a very real chance. The next day after we record, the next day somebody's getting blocked from the group. It's just going to (laughs) happen. <laughs> so, Mom's not going to let Mom you. Mom is going to be very upset with us. All right. Well, anyway, thank you very much. Uh, 
please check out DK Marie. You've been a lovely guest. We finally made it through this. Uh, we will leave as friends, even though we came as enemies. Oh, point for me. We came as enemies? Oh, that should be your next series. <laughs> Come on. That's not a bad there idea. There you go. We came as enemies. That is... You know what? I'd, I'd beta read for that. <laughs> Still ain't going to ask ah, you. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, DK, thank you very much. It's been lovely. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. Have a good one. <laughs>